I was um, driving to Kentucky. We were living in Georgia at the time. Once a month, I would go home and clean my mother's home and make a bunch of meals and put them in her refrigerator so she um, could walk through this cancer journey. She was a 15-year cancer survivor. And because I live so far away, I couldn't be one of her constant caretakers, so I could do the things that I could do, and that was something I could do. But now let me add that. I was in grad school. I was working a job. I had three children. I had a poor husband. He was somewhere in the equation, right? But I wasn't sure where half the time, and I know he wasn't, bless his heart. Too many teenage daughters. And I was so tired. I pulled over at a McDonald's to uh, get a, a sugared tea. You know, that's, that's a, that'll wake you up right there. That's better than coffee. And I pull into the drive-thru, and just a few seconds later, all of a sudden, this car is honking behind me. And I look up in the mirror at that, you know, I'm going to kill you look that mothers can give or don't you ever do that again look. And um, I realized I'd fallen asleep in the drive-thru. And it petrified me because what if I was on the expressway? Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, showing you how to live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. Today, we're talking about family, connecting with family, and actually going through experiences with family towards the end of our lives and how to deal with that when we're dealing with family members who are leaving us regardless of the circumstances and how to properly deal with that because... It is very difficult to deal with that. If you've never done dealt with that so far, the time will come. And if you have, you know how difficult it is. It's never easy. But this conversation will give you some tools and some things to think about and consider when you are going through this or to help somebody else go through it. At this point in time, at the time of me releasing this specific episode, we are going through the coronavirus, and many people are very concerned about their own health. But on top of that, if you're already going through the loss of somebody currently right now, regardless if it's related to the coronavirus or something else, it's just compounded at this point, and we need this conversation more than ever. And when I say we, I mean all of us collectively. Even those who don't already know about Men of Abundance and the conversations that we have over here to help you live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. So you can be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward and sharing this conversation and others within the Men of Abundance lineup with people in your circle. You can take a screenshot of your phone right now if you're listening on a podcast player on your phone take a screenshot share it hashtag men of abundance put that out on instagram put it on twitter put it on facebook put it on tiktok whatever it is wherever you share and whatever platform you're on then share this out so that others can get this very very important conversation they absolutely need this and i hope you get a lot of it out of it i hope you get a lot out of it as well Now, before I introduce our featured guest today, I want to tell you that I am extremely blessed to have you here in my life. I'm extremely blessed in many different ways. My house, my home, my family is not directly affected 
by the coronavirus, by losing a job, by anything of that nature, because we have been doing what we can over the last couple of years to set ourselves up in such a way that we don't have to worry about things like this and we're just not affected by the economic impact of the coronavirus or anything like that. And I want that for you as well, especially if you're a business owner. If you're not a business owner, consider finding some sort of a side hustle using this time now to start considering your skills and your talents that you already have and somehow being able to monetize that in some way here in the very near future. Now, for those of you who are business owners or considering being business owners, you may already know that I am a business and marketing strategist. That is my obsession other than my family and traveling and going to Disney and Universal and all that stuff. But since Disney and Universal is shut down right now and everything else is shut down, I am opening up my doors to business owners and those who want to be business owners. And I'm going to be doing a live Zoom call on a regular basis, I'm in the process of setting it up now. And for everybody who gets into this call, it's absolutely free. There's no upsell. There's no charge whatsoever. And I'm even giving you full access to my e-learning system that's normally a $97 a month fee. And I'm giving it to you hands down with no expectation whatsoever. I just want you to have access to this information because I know unequivocally there is nothing on the market. There's nothing out there that can help you the way the e-learning system can other than working with me personally on one-on-one, -on -one, me or one of my other team members working with me one-on-one, -on -one, or like I said, one of my other team members uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And we are going to be giving away so much information, so many strategies that you can implement in your business over the next couple of weeks, over the next couple of months, even new stuff that we're developing because of the lockdown and so many other things going on that is still going to make you to where you can at least get some revenue and profits in your business. The reason why so many businesses are struggling with all of this right now is because they have not, they have been running a promotion, not a business. They've been running a promotion, not a business. I'm going to be explaining that in upcoming episodes of Business Owner Growth Podcast and how to get access to this system so that if you know anybody who is a business owner or you yourself as a business owner, make sure you share this and tell them to subscribe to Men of Abundance and definitely subscribe to Business Owner Growth Podcast. Because that's where I'm going to be sharing what I mean by a promotion versus a business and all the strategies that and, and the access to the uh, Zoom mastermind group. I don't know what I'm calling it just yet. I thought about calling it beer and bourbon business breakthrough or something of that nature. But none of that's important. What's important is the information that you're going to get. So get subscribed to Business Owner Growth Podcast. I will be sharing that information with you. I'll be posting that that episode between this evening and tomorrow morning so that you can get access to that. And again, remember, it's completely free. There's absolutely no upsell. This is just my way of giving back because I have been so blessed in my life and the work and the actions and the decisions that I've made in the past and will continue to make. Now, let me introduce our featured guest today and get right into our conversation. Elizabeth B. Adams is the founder of the World Peace Project. She's the creator of The Living Program and an inspiring Amazon best-selling author who helps people rediscover rewarding relationships with their families. As a practical theologian and professional caregiver, she directs people toward a more peaceful life 
while living in the chaos of caring for our aging parents and forming adult relationships with grown children. As the author of Living with Mama, A Good Person's Guide to Caring for Aging Parents, Adult Children, and Ourselves, she has often been referred to as the irreverent reverend. By openly offering reasons, our society may not look well on multi-generational families living together. She then pushes back with social science, sacred narratives, and intentional actions to redefine what a good family can look like in 21st century America. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Elizabeth B. Adams. Elizabeth, welcome to Men of Abundance. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Where are you at in the world? I'm down in Louisville, Kentucky. Some of the prettiest sunsets you'll ever see. Louisville, Kentucky. Well, we were talking pre-show about disagreeing a little bit, and I don't know. I can't say for sure because I have not been to Louisville, Kentucky, but I've been all over the world, including Hawaii, and now you're in Florida, and Arizona, born and raised in Arizona. I don't know. I love sunsets, but my favorite part of the day is the sunrise. It's just the beginning of the new day, and regardless of where I'm at in the world, I just it's just gorgeous. Sunrises at the beach, definitely. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? I like that today thing because it does change every day, doesn't it? Um, I think when, when I was thinking through this question, I think aging is what I'm really grateful for. Interesting. That sounds very odd, but I'm also that. very grateful for being with my aging relatives. Mm-hmm. I am uh, helping my mother's siblings walk the aging journey And it's such a privilege to watch what they're thinking and what they're doing and how they're managing aging and, and, you know, the inevitable as things happen. And I feel like I'm just constantly learning. It's really, really an impressive journey. Well, that makes sense based on what you do. And I talked a little bit about that uh, before we got started here in our conversation. But I like to ask this question because it's a little bit different than what you do professionally. And Mm -hmm. that is, how would you describe yourself? Um, how would I describe myself? Um, I'm one of those people that makes everybody else talk. So that's a little different for me, right? Um, but what people have said I am, um, when I was an adoption advocate, I was called the Red, to- the red Tornado. And um, when I was writing my book, I was called the Irreverent Reverend. And when I'm a chaplain in the hospital, they call me the Gentle Giant. I'm just one of those people that likes to jump in there and, and be that sounding board for people and, and take that that. I want to say pain or indecision and just sit with it with them so they can grapple with mm-hmm. what they need to do next. Yeah. It's kind of challenge them a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's challenge or let it be safe enough for them to make the good decision. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes sense. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, one of the things that really intrigued me uh, about having a conversation with you was one I have to give some love to Interview Valet and Tom and Karen Schwab and everybody over there because they just send me some of the most amazing people to have conversations with, and I'm so thankful for them. Well, life does draw like. They are amazing people. They truly are. What's been your experience in working with them? Um, I'm going to use the word gentle. I don't do, as I just mentioned, I don't do me very well, mm-hmm. but I found that to be very gentle because um, I do get a lot of information from them on how to be for the different hosts because everybody's different, right? right. Oh, absolutely. You know, how can I still be me and 
still answer what is needed within the host. And I feel like they've trained me in that. I feel like they answer questions I need, I need answers to. Right. Now, when you say that you don't, I don't do me very well, is that in reference to, you know, putting yourself out there in kind of a marketing um, idea to, to share your message? Or what do you mean specifically by that? Mm. Um, that's a good question. I am very open and forthright. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I deal with very deep issues, it can startle people. Right. So I have to pull back a lot of who I am because I'm, if you want to know a question and you ask me, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. Mm-hmm. And these issues about end of life and, um, or even adopting a family member, which are my specialties, these require some really deep thought. You don't just fly off the cuff and, and hope everything works because it doesn't ever work that way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, some people really don't appreciate that kind of answer. I'm very direct as well. My wife has told me multiple times I'm kind of an ass. And I don't <laughs> mean I just I just give the answer that's in my head. And some people like it and move on and others just kind of get offended by it. I always say, even with my boys, I say, look, you know, I care more about your well-being than I do about your feelings. You know, uh, my intent is not to hurt your feelings. Right. I have to choose intent over feelings then, or, uh, uh, you know, your well-being over your feelings. I'm going to go with well-being. I agree with you. I agree with you. What's going to be important down the line, whether they're taken care of or whether they like me? Right. Absolutely. And ultimately, they will like you for it once they figure all that out. I'm best friends with all three of my daughters. So that's great. Excellent. Yeah, I got all, all three of my boys here right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, my oldest is here for a couple more days. Now we're taking a road trip from Florida, from here in Florida to Arizona next Monday. Fun. Oh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's going to be a long drive. Anyhow, uh, I like to have, you know, bring up this kick in the gut moment. And mm-hmm. I know doing what you do, you've had multiple kick in the gut moments of various degrees. Uh, it's what we do with that information and what we do with those experiences that really molds who we are and who we become as we age. Mm-hmm. Uh, get wiser, I would hope. Uh, so if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that. Okay. Uh, my kick in the gut moment actually um, happened to me about 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. I was um, driving to Kentucky. We were living in Georgia at the time. Once a month, I would go home and clean my mother's home and make a bunch of meals and put them in her refrigerator so she um, could walk through this cancer journey. She was a 15-year cancer survivor. And because I live so far away, I couldn't be one of her constant caretakers so I could do the things that I could do. And that was something I could do. But now let me add that. I was in grad school. I was working a job. I had three children. I had a poor husband. He was somewhere in the equation, right? But I wasn't sure where half the time. And I know he wasn't, bless his heart. Too many teenage daughters. And I was so tired. I pulled over at a McDonald's to uh, get a, a sugared tea. You know, that's, that's a... That'll wake you up right there. That's better than coffee. And I pull into the drive-thru, and just a few seconds later, all of a sudden, this car is honking behind me. And I look up in the mirror at that, you know, I'm going to kill you look that mothers can give, or Mm -hmm. don't you ever do that again look. And um, I realized I'd fallen asleep in the drive-thru. And it petrified me, because what if I was on the expressway? I could have hurt someone. And it just, it, I'm trying to help someone and trying to help 
with every strength and every inch I've got and I'm putting people at risk, Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with that equation. Something's wrong. So I was able to to ask myself, what can I do? Because this isn't working. No, that that um, I've seen that too many times. Uh, being a um, army medic for many years, mm-hmm. uh, many people just work. The, they just want to do the work and complete the mission. Rather, it's as a physician, a nurse, an operator, and by an operator, I mean an operations specialist, not somebody in this in the surgery, but that as well. Uh, you know, and it happens in so many vocations. But true carers. They, they care to, for others to the point to where they're not caring for themselves. I call it now because of Robin Williams. Uh, the, the Robin Williams, you know, mentality is you want to make everybody else happy and everybody else laugh, but you're just not taking care of yourself. And exactly. this is truly a big concern and a big issue. Well, you know, you've been a medic, so you know we're trained that way as a, as a chaplain for a children's hospital. 24-hour shifts were normal, right? Yeah. So professionally, we're trained to do that. So if you're in your professional mode, forget just being the caregiver for people you love. You're already saying, I'm going to go without sleep. Mm-hmm. So to your point, to learn how to take care of yourself is a skill. Absolutely. Especially for those that are truly um, just deep givers. It, mm-hmm. it, because you just, like you said, you just can't help others if you're not helping yourself. It's the whole <laughs> airplane. Put the oxygen on the kids first and then yourself. Because exactly. Or on yourself and then your kids. It's the other way around. But absolutely. So, you know... One of the, how did you, so is that kind of what got you, were you already doing what you're doing now or is it, is that kind of what propelled you into really uh, writing your book and doing the things that you're doing now? I would say it propelled me into this direction because as I said, I was in grad school. I was uh, getting my um, pastoral care and theology degrees. Um, I was working in a hospital as a children's chaplain. So I learned all how to do that professionally, but self-care really, I'd say it's taught pretty well in, in seminary, but it's really not, um, uh, you aren't given steps. You're just told, oh, you know, maybe you want a massage. No, it's bigger than that. This is a daily thing. And I was able to identify so many people as I got doing this journey that are, are taking care of their aging parents and taking care of their adult children in their homes. I wasn't the only one. And they were constantly coming to me as a pastor saying, what can I do? I'm so tired or I'm so angry. And I ended up building communities of people saying, okay, let's get together and let's talk about what we can do and how we can take care of ourselves. Right. And then I, as a chaplain, I went, you know, let's look at the scriptures. What do they say? Oh, we've already been given the Holy Spirit. Now, how do we build that up? How do we use that? Mm-hmm. in this uh, everyday scenario. And it's all about practical theology then. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that uh, this really has enlightened me so much more over the last couple of years, because I'm in the coaching industry, you can call it the coaching industry, I, co- I consider myself a business and life strategist. And throughout life, when we're young kids, we are mentored and coached at various levels, up and through high school. Mm-hmm. And then unless you go on to higher education, most people never take on another mentor or coach. Few people do, and they never even consider it. And when you're doing something new, that's new in your life, like caring for an aging parent or sibling or whoever it may be, that's brand new to you. Right. And you don't know what you don't know. And there's so many ways to make things easier if they would get a hold of your book, 
talk with somebody like you. And I love your book. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Living with Mama. <laughs> that just makes me smile. I just love that. A Good Person's Guide to Caring for Aging Parents, Adult Children, and Ourselves. That is brilliant. Well, to your point, um, I didn't know how to care for adult children. Now, that's silly, right? I'm, I've been a mother for 36 years. Mm -hmm. What do you mean I don't know how to take care of adult children? Well, I studied, like you said. That's just a stage they go through. But I'd never studied how to be a good parent for an adult child. And that changed my relationship with my daughters because they didn't want a mommy or a mama. Mm -hmm. They did want a mother. Now, how do I get rid of the parts of me that want to treat them like a seven-year-old? Because mm -hmm. they're not. They're, they're in their 30s. and they're <laughs> I, There's a word that a friend of mine uses there, and I just got to use it. Sorry, it's the revenue in me, but it makes total sense. They're grown-ass people. Treat them like it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I had well, and, and, and quite frankly, they won't become grown-ass people until you start treating them like grown people. Or they will, and then you'll be a stranger. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very many dynamics going on there. Exactly. I, I totally agree. So one of the things that, you know, that caught my, you know, really popped into my mindset when I was looking at what you do and your bio and your book and everything is there's, it's culturally, it's different. Now, the United States, we have many different cultures, obviously, but my wife is Hispanic from Panama, from Central America. Her grandparents lived to be grandmother, oh, I'm going to get the grandmother wrong. Doris, Grandma Doris lived until she was in her 90s. Mm -hmm. And Grandpa died, Grandpa Leroy died a couple months later, uh, yeah, a couple months later at 102. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, she, they raised her. They raised my wife, but she wasn't there with them during that time. But all of her aunts stayed there in the home, and they kept them at home. There was no such thing as hospice. There's no such thing as, you know, care outside the, you know, old folks' home, if you would. Excuse the terminology if that's not proper anymore. Um, but, you know, a, a assisted living type of facilities, it was in the home, and they did that. And it's exhausting. Yes, they, you know, a it couple of a lot of people, doesn't yeah. it? A oh, lot absolutely. Of and then her best friend, uh, father, just passed this this week, this last week, and it was hard for the mom because the mom worked, mm -hmm. and they had, and he's been retired since he was fifty, and he just died, and he's in his eighties. Uh, same thing with Grandpa Leroy. Grandpa Leroy was retired from forty and stayed. <laughs> the whole time but it's difficult because there's personality differences now grandma doris was ready to go grandpa leroy on the other hand he was holding on for dear life he was stubborn you know it's just <laughs> too much stuff to go through so you know just god bless you for educating people on how to do this because it's not easy no it's not easy but if you do meet it head on if you do learn to welcome it it is sacred mm-hmm I do not regret one tired night with my mother. I don't. Yeah. Or with my aunts who are passing. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I'm learning about myself and my own aging process that I would have never considered if I wasn't with them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just know the, the aches and pains that come with it from the individual and then the aches and pains that comes from the family members is watching it happen. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it's very tough. But it can be a beautiful thing. You're right. To the right perspective and the right state of mind. You're right. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, one of the what is 
What is something that you can share with us that, you know, we're going to go through the pay it forward round here in just a minute where I'll ask, you know, one to three actionable steps, but what are some of the greatest insights that you get from the whole experience in working with others and helping them get through this process? Um, I think what it's done is it's, it's opened up a new sense of community. We don't, to your point, so many of us have moved now. My generation, I think your generation as well, we moved away. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you care for your family when you've moved away? How do you become a part of that community? And then how do you still find community? For example, as a professional caregiver, I knew things to do. I also needed support. I needed people to say, it's okay that you're so mad at her right now that you want to push her out the moving car on the way to the doctor's office. I'm not going to push her out the moving car, but I need to be able to have somebody I could say that to. Mm -hmm. Now, that sounds ironic considering we are best friends, my mother and I, Mm -hmm. but I've been married 36 years. My husband and I are best friends too, and I sometimes want to push him out of a moving car. I don't want to think about what I'm saying being right or wrong. I just need to get it out so I can be a good person in that situation. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's why that community is something that's really big and something that I push for. Right. Yeah. That's a very good point. And that's kind of what this whole abundance journey uh, kind of got started from one. I wanted to just have a conversation with other people that are living an amazing life and helping others and paying it forward Mm -hmm. uh, in that regard. But we've really lost women, not so much, but men specifically has have lost that tribal community where we Mm -hmm. actually have um, meaningful conversations. I'm not talking about guys getting together at the bar and watching the game or doing other things. I'm talking about actually having these meaningful conversations about, you know, issues that I'm having with my wife, for instance. And not getting some stupid reply back like, you know, divorce or F that B or whatever, you know. Exactly. Yeah, some actual tangible, useful information. Yeah, this is what I did. This has helped us not get rid of them. Yeah. This is what's helping me. Or I know who you are, and I know that you're really going to do this. Right. The other thing, too, is just having that, you know, being around somebody who knows you well enough to go, dude, what are you doing? Exactly. You know, you're not who you 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 you're not who I know. You're not the guy I know, and this is not you. So, exactly. what's going on? Exactly. And and just, I think we lost this, and this is the cultural anthropologist in me, because you know that was my beginnings. Um, we got so firm into role division here, and who did what that that we were able to take care of our needs so well as nuclear family that we stopped using extended family mm-hmm. and we moved so much so we stopped using extended family and learning how to work with extended family is a skill set. If you're not going to learn it while you're with them, you got to learn how to do this when you're not with them because you're going to have to be with them when parents are dying or aging or falling down or whatever this is. Yeah. I think some of the best funny movies are the ones that talk about why you don't go home for Christmas and how everybody clashes, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. What if you really want to go home for Christmas because you enjoy these people? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is funny in that regard, but not always, not always the case. Like, you know, in-laws, I, my, I have the best in-laws in the world. I have just amazing people. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's not the stereotypical. I invite them over anytime as long as, you know, for as long as they want. Uh, I love it. 
Well, yeah, that's just amazing. That's great information. So what are some really, really good news stories that have come out of your work that really touches your heart? Good news stories. Um, okay. Only because I'm, I'm, let me be brutally honest. When they discussed going on men of abundance with me, I immediately had a bias that I didn't know I had because all my research says that most of this work is done by women. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to go on men of abundance? Right? So I had an aha moment because it's like, well, I don't think that men don't want to help their parents or don't want to do the things that are caregiving. I think they just don't see it as often because they aren't the first to run in. You know, you're military. You know what that's like. The first wave sees different than the second wave, right? Right, absolutely. So I think learning how to um, see what's going on and being able to step into it. One of our dearest friends was going through this journey with his father passing. And him and his father did not have a good relationship. His father was abusive. There was a lot of things that he needed to forgive his father for. And he was there as his father was passing for a full year. So he was going in and out. He was going back and forth to the state his father was living in. He was trying to work on these things, but mostly he was just forming a relationship with a man he didn't have a relationship with. Definitely not a good one with. And when his father did pass, one of the things that our friend said to us was, I was so glad I was there. We didn't reconcile anything, and I realized we didn't have to. Mm. Yeah, you know, first, thank you very much for, for being um, open about, you know, your thought process and coming on uh, Men of Abundance, and I totally get that. Uh, my wife has often said, and we have three boys, um, mm-hmm. we were trying for at least one girl because <laughs> the thought process, generally speaking, the girls are going to take care of us. So now our goal is to make sure they marry into, you know, amazing wives. <laughs> because well. Let's just face it. I mean, it's just generally speaking, uh, that is the case that the girls take care of the um, the boys. And we figured this because when we had our third one, we were actually at a funeral from another guy named Wally, who always swore that I was named after him, but that's not true. Uh, but a great guy nonetheless. But he had um, a you know a lot of siblings, and um, or a lot of a lot of. Um, my son's over here trying to see if he can play his video game and he knows that I'm on uh, <laughs> recording. So he's trying to take advantage of me right now. Um, but, um, and my youngest. Teenager? Uh, no, he's not. He's nine. He'll be 10 oh. in August. Oh, how much fun. Yeah. But, um, but in any case, uh, all of his daughters were there. Mm. The boys were not. Now the, to be clear, you know, one, they were away and, um, past and whatnot. Uh, but he had all of his daughters there, all of his granddaughters. And we were like, Oh, we need to have a girl, <laughs> at least one. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing with that, because it just generally, that's the way it is. Right. Um, I think that's the way it is, but back to culture does shift and change. So let's shift and change it because I know growing up in my family, the women always cooked. Mm-hmm well, my husband's a better cook than I am. And if I kept that role, I would have denied him that wonderful journey he gets to do by reading cookbooks. He thinks America's Tet's Kitchen is, a, you know, the best thing ever. Yeah. But if I didn't let go of that role, he wouldn't have been able to enjoy himself. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good point with the, uh, with the gender roles because 
I love to cook as well. We both cook. Mm -hmm. In fact, tonight's my turn to cook and I'll be, she was just sending me text messages on uh, what, you know, I should do uh, today because she's out of the house right now, doesn't know I'm on a call. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And that's why I always say generally, it's not always the case. It's, it's not, you know, set in stone, um, these roles. Well, let's break the ones we don't know we have. I didn't know that I had a bias against going on Men of Abundance until I was offered this opportunity. And then I had to, oh my gosh, I'm being so biased. Get over yourself, right? Yeah, well, and also the other reason why I like to have uh, conversations with ladies as well, it is mostly men that I have conversations with, but we have a lot to learn from each other as genders because let's face it, the fact of the matter is we are different. We yeah. do think differently. Um, our, a lot of stuff other than the physical obvious stuff, it's the way we think is different. The way we process problems is different. Guys want to fix the problem and, you know, the problem doesn't always have to be fixed. Sometimes it just has to be listened to. Wow, you've learned well. Your <laughs> wife is there. I'm telling you. <laughs> I've been here for 27 happy. years. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was just, we, I just had this conversation last night. In fact, I was with all my boys, my wife and my daughter-in-law. And I was telling the boys because um, one of the boys said something. And I said, you got a lot to learn, dude. Uh, the married one, the oldest one. And I said, look. You're driving down the street, you're on a road trip, and your wife turns to you and says, do you have to use the restroom? And you say, no. That's not what she was asking you. She no. was telling you she has to use the restroom, and your next step is to not say, do you have to use the restroom, but to pull over in the next rest stop, right? <laughs> so, she wants uh, to go to the bathroom in community. That's the yes, way we think. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So in any case, we are at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that, Elizabeth? Sure. Awesome. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Um, I've got some big ones and some little ones. So let's start with the smallest possible. If you go on my website, livingwithmama.com, that's M-O-M-M-A, you know, the Southern way to say mama, livingwithmama.com. I've got affirmation cards there that you read. I have redefined what words like peace, patience, kindness, joy, gentleness, and self-control actually mean as opposed to what we think they mean. And in those affirmation cards, you can then see, oh, I'm not being a peaceful person. I've got all this great um, spirit and all this great gift. Why aren't I using it? Because I don't really know what it is. Okay, so now all of a sudden you realize, oh, peace isn't just about getting rid of war or not being in war. It's actually about a wholeness of body and a wholeness of being and a wholeness of spirit. Oh, how am I not being peaceful like that today? And own it and concentrate on it. So that's as small as you can get that will be the biggest life changer right there. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, um, the biggest thing that I would throw out there is if you are in a large community, let's say you have employees, this is affecting um, companies in a large way because so many people are leaving and missing work because they're taking their parents to the doctor right now. Mm -hmm. You're getting an employee gap here where they don't even realize that or if you're an employer, you don't even realize how much work and how much vacation time your employees are using taking care of their aging parents right now. So I'll come out and talk to you. I'll talk to you on the phone. I'll help you set up a plan so your employees can do this journey and still be a great employee. So you've got that side. You've also got the church side. What about starting community groups where people can sit together and say, okay, how do I get my father to stop driving? Mm -hmm. That's huge. Oh, that's, yeah. 
That's huge. I mean, they've had so much taken from them. They can't see as well. They can't hear as well. They don't have their identity within their jobs anymore. Now I'm going to take your car keys. I don't think so. So how do you do this so that it's reparative instead of destructive? So you need to have those communities to talk. And if you want to set up a community, great. Set it up in your church. I've got lots of free resources on my website. Use them. Just, I'm all about giving you the resources to use them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And with the employers, the other thing is, is even if, um, ironically enough, uh, I was talking about a friend of ours who's actually in another country, uh, and the spouse, she was not a, the, the employer would not let her go do things to be with her husband. Mm. And it's just terrible. Now, how effective do you think that employee is at work? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Oh, miserable. Not at all. Absolutely not. But and she's already now, missing her spouse. And now yeah. you're adding that pressure of you now going to lose your job for it. Yeah, absolutely. And then how, you know, and I'm not going to work for this person. I, I, you know, many people are stuck. They really are. They're in a position where they just cannot just quit. Right. Um, I get that. Something you might not have thought of the opioid mm-hmm. epidemic in today's society, four out of 10 grandparents are raising their grandchildren right now because mm-hmm. of the opioid epidemic. So mm-hmm. you've got employees who are nearing retirement who have babies in their house. What are you doing to provide for that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And there's a lot more of them than you think. Because they aren't mm-hmm. going to say, oh, my child is in rehab or my child is on the streets. They're not going to mm-hmm. say that to their, to their boss. No, of course not. Yeah, very well. Wow. That's a lot to think about. Exactly. So what rituals make the biggest impact in your life? What rituals? Mm, um, I am a ritual person. So that's why I'm going, mm. at the end of each chapter, I give you to-dos, which are all rituals. I love so that. So that you can um, practice these, this skill set of, of listening to the spirit. Now, I'll give you a, can I give you a for instance? Yeah, please do. Okay. Um, I have a particular person in my family who struggles with mental health issues. It's very difficult. I have made many decisions, even though I've set many boundaries, but many decisions where I am still in that person's life as much as possible because I don't want them to never have that lifeline. I'm one of the people that have stayed in their lives to keep them in a lifeline so that they can always come home. Having said that, that person is so mean that I have to learn to relove them often. Mm-hmm. Now, how did I do that? Um, there are these little, you go to the beach in Florida, so they got these little shells that look like cat paws. Mm-hmm. We call them little kitty cat paws. And there was one weekend when I went down to the beach, a friend's house, and I spent all weekend long looking for cat paws. They're hard shells to find. And every time I would find one, I would remember a positive time with that person, a positive story with that person, but f- until I could fall in love with that person again, because that's who they really are. Mm-hmm. Their mental illness isn't their problem. Their addiction isn't their problem. Or, well, it's my problem. Mm-hmm. It's how do I remember who the core of that person is? And then I filled a jar. I filled the jar. That's how long and how many memories I had to come with to, to come back in and be kind to this person who needed my kindness. And I set that jar beside my bed for a year. Wow. So when I would answer the phone, I would look at that jar so I could respond well. 
self, I still set boundaries. I still said no, but I still had that loving tone because I remembered who they really are without the other. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. I like that. I like that. So at the end of each chapter, I have a lot of rituals like that. Right now, I'm Mm -hmm. setting it up so you can go live with YouTube. And I I give you all these examples of things you could do to bring yourself down into a peaceful state so that you can then be who you really are for everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Other than your book, what are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to our abundant leaders and why? That's tricky for me because it's a political book. Do you want me to go there? Absolutely. Okay. I just finished uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming. Mm -hmm. Wow. Powerful, powerful, very loving woman in very hard situations. And so I was watching because I know the beginning and the end. I know so much of the backstory to hear her talk about these issues as they arose and how she responded or had to learn to respond was very encouraging for me to realize, oh, everybody's got it hard, even if you're in a huge, powerful situation, which looks all glamorous or looks, you know, like, wow, who wouldn't want to have lunch with the queen just to see what it's like, right? Yeah. No, okay, here are real-life situations that happened to her and how she had to change her mindset. I respect books like that. That's why Brene Brown is my favorite. She's my go-to. I just, anything Brene Brown, I'm on it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a big believer personally, and I mention this to the guys all the time, read things that you may feel you're going to disagree with. You may be enlightened. Uh, I personally read stuff, and and actually I follow certain people on on Twitter and Facebook uh, that don't have the same political viewpoints that I do because I at the very least want to understand where they're coming from. As long as I don't get a whole lot into the opinionated stuff, I'm more fact driven, but nonetheless, I still like to understand people's thought processes. Uh, exactly. So, you know, have a, and I have to if remind I do decide to get into a conversation with that, I can have a little bit more of better understanding and intelligent, you know, know where I'm coming from. Right. I just remind myself all the time. I don't do mean. So if you're going to be mean spirited, the conversation's over. But if you're wounded, just let me know who you are. I'll listen all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have conversations here in the house. We just had one a couple nights ago uh, where we do get into politics, but we keep that in the house. We have, we all have our own differentiating, you know, different ideas of, you know, who's who and what's what. Well, that's why I've been with my husband 36 years. We're two different Democrat or I'm a Democrat. He's a Republican and, it, we have great conversations. Yeah, same in this house. Same exact thing. All right, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Okay, when you say most people, <clears throat> I know a lot of people because of my professions. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say fear. They're afraid. And they're afraid because they haven't really thought about it. Mm-hmm. They stay as far away from thinking about it because they think it's just too exhausting or too hard to think about or too emotional or too painful. But what they don't realize is that abundance is something to think about. You know, Mm -hmm. you now have a child, for example, that um, has had a a very bad accident and your life is going to be different because now you've got to care for a child that's going to need a lot of help. Mm -hmm. Look at the abundance that's going to come from that. And those are the people that enjoy that journey. Those are the people say, okay, I can do this. I'm strong enough and I love this child. 
and look what they're teaching me. Yeah, you know, uh, I was just at church the other day. Uh, I'm a part of a men's group in my church, and we do. I've just recently joined this group, so I can't take credit for this, but a lot of the guys have been helping a specific family uh, do some very serious um, issues with their son. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on for years. And this lady was to tears because none of these men knew this family whatsoever. They just reached out and were doing things and getting her the resources that, that the family needed. Mm-hmm. Yet her own family, when this occurred to this child, who's now, it's been 13 years, mm-hmm. none of the family members ever came to the rescue, so to speak. None of the family, because, and, and I believe, I was thinking about this when she was talking. It's, it's exactly what you're talking about. They don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to deal with this particular situation or how to have the conversation without, you know, maybe I'm going to offend the family and I don't understand. No, you got to go in and try to get educated and be okay with messing up. Exactly. You know, and it's just said that the family was so scared that they wouldn't even reach out and help in any way, shape or form that strangers had to do it. Right. Well, we all fall into that when we do things like, you know, someone's mother or father has died and you just don't mention it because you don't want to bring up pain or you don't know what to say. It's amazing. The people that know that what it's like to be alone when your parent dies on their birthday and they send me a card. The, on my mother's birthday because they know that I miss my mother on her birthday. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Those people are the, my deepest, deepest friends. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Elizabeth? Mm, a life of abundance to me is someone who knows um, they're able to share their talents with everyone and still can care for themselves on this servant journey because a servant journey is so fun. That's a great answer. I absolutely love that. It makes me smile. Good. We're going to close this up. Before we do, we are definitely going to have your website linked up in the show notes. I uh, absolutely love it. And what else did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? And where else can we find you if there's any place other than your website? And please mention your website again. Um, my website is World Peace Project. My website is also livingwithmama.com. Um, <clears throat> how can they reach me? If they go to livingwithmama.com, I've got Facebook, I've got groups, I've got workshops I'm leading. I've, I'm out there for anybody and everybody really that wants to learn how to do this journey better, but also build their own community to do this better with, because I can't sit in your living room every day, right? Mm-hmm. But I can help you to sit in other people's living rooms. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love the technology where we can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Reach out to so many more people um, with the technology that we have. Oh, absolutely wonderful. I'll have all that linked up in the show notes, guys. So you don't have to worry about writing that down. Just go to menofabundance.com, search Elizabeth, and the episode will pop right up. You can click on those links in the show notes. Elizabeth, it's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. It's just enlightened my day for sure. Thank you. Your life of abundance and keep paying it forward. I love what you're doing. Thank you. If you drive through Kentucky on your way to, was it Texas? Feel free to stop by. Absolutely. Yeah, I got some more friends down in Kentucky too. So I'll add you to the list. Good, good. Thank you. Awesome. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
All right, guys. So now it's time for you to be intentional in your actions. Reach out to your family members. Reconnect with those that you haven't connected with in quite some time. You know who they are. Sometimes all it takes is just a phone call or maybe a text message to just say, hey, I'm thinking of you. And that's it. That's all they want to know. That's all you want to know, right? Maybe you'll get that in return. But don't expect it. What I mean is, don't do things with expectations of something in return. Just do what you know you need to do without any expectations of reciprocation. Now, go out, live your life of abundance. And guys, make sure to pay it forward. Be kind to each other. And remember, everybody has their own issues they're dealing with too. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.